Well, y'all, I'm so excited to dive into uh, the message for this morning. If you were not here last week, I really need to recap last week's message before I dive into this week's message. Pastor Jordan preached last week, and what a phenomenal message. Amen? How many of you guys were here for that? So if you were not here for that, let me recap. He preached a message called, um, it was all about resetting and renewing. And and as we got ready for the year 2021, the word that kept coming to mind on us was renew, renew, renew. We believe that God's wanting to renew our spirits, that God is wanting to renew our homes, that he's wanting to bring renewal in our community, and that he's going to do that through the Holy Spirit and through his church. So he's going to use his spirit and he's going to use us. As we begin to be renewed, we're going to renew the community around us. Anybody believe that? So Jordan talked about Peter's road to renewal. You might remember he denied Jesus three times. He ran from Jesus. And in his shame, he went back to his old life of fishing. Anybody ever get tempted? when you do really stupid things to run back to your old life. He ran back to his old life of fishing, and as he's out there fishing, he's casting his nets, and he realizes and sees Jesus. And Peter does this crazy thing. He dives out of the boat, and he swims to Jesus. And he's renewed right there with his king and his savior. Sometimes that's what it takes for us. We go back to our old life. We go back to these things, maybe not even quite all of our old life, but instead of moving forward with Jesus and doing what he has for us to do, we go backwards and we fall into shame. And when we see Jesus, we're shameful, so we want to hide. But at some point, it's time for us to dive in and go back to him and be renewed. Amen? And so that's what he was talking about. God knows after the year that we've had, probably all of us could use some renewal. Amen. Well, my message today, if you're taking notes, I'm going to I'm going to follow his message with a message called restart. Restart. How many of you know that once you reset your life and you get renewed and God does something in you or you start something new, that there is a process of starting fresh and building new momentum. Everything doesn't just get perfect because you got renewed. Right. Let me give you an example so you can follow with me. So in 2018, we decided we were going to buy a house. Well, we decided that way before that, so we started saving. But in 2018, October 2018, we decided to buy a house. We found the house that we wanted. It was completely remodeled. Everything is move-in ready. Everybody say move-in ready. Well, a normal move-in ready is not quite Pogue, Christy Pogue move-in ready. So we go in, we look at this house. She loves the house. She says, well, there's a problem. I have a problem. It's a three-bedroom house, and there's a lot more of us than there is the bedrooms. So we're going to need to get another bedroom. Oh, babe, it's move-in ready. We're starting something new. And uh, so she says, well, well, there's a breakfast room, so let's take and let's just let's close in the breakfast room and make it a bedroom. Okay. So we go and we remodel this breakfast room, and we make it a bedroom. And when you build a bedroom, you have to build a closet. So then we take and we build a closet that goes, you know, partially into our living room. And because we've built a closet that goes partially into the living room, now the other side of the living room over here looks kind of odd because you got this big closet coming in. So then we have to go to the other side and build another closet over there for the linen closet so it doesn't look odd as you walk out the back door. So we do all this building and this reconstruction that was move-in ready, y'all. That means you don't have to work on it. And yet, as we moved in, we still had to work on it. We had to go in and restructure and remodel and get it prepared for us to come in and live. So then we moved in about three weeks after we bought the place. We did the remodeling. We moved in. And can I say that 
It's never, ever over. <laughs> Buy a house, they say. It will be fun, they say. About six months after we moved in, I get a text message from my, mom, my wife, and she says, hey, there's something wrong with Emmy's ceiling. I was like, okay, well, what's wrong? So she sends me a video. And in this video, it is raining in Emmy's room. And so I look at this video and I walk outside. I'm here at the church in my office. I walk outside. It's not raining outside. I was like, oh God, this is not good. So I jump in the vehicle and I go home. And, uh, and as I get home, there's, there's, you know, the sheetrock is beginning to come down. It's raining. There's a crack in the sheetrock. So I decided I'm just going to lift up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to reach up and I'm going to grab a hold, see how wet it is. And as I grabbed a hold of the sheetrock, the whole ceiling, boom. So you have wet sheetrock and insulation all over the room. So then I thought, oh, my life is over. And so what do we do? We got to find the problem. So we go in, and the problem was that these some stupid dirt daubers come into the pipe that drains the air conditioner, and they built the nest in the air conditioning. And then, and then so instead of draining out the line that it's supposed to, all of our water from our air conditioner decided to go into my daughter's ceiling. So then when I got there, this whole ceiling is now in the floor. So then we got to find and we got to fix the leak. And then we got to go back in and call my dad. Hey, uh, I need some remodeling again. And so dad comes over and I put the sheetrock up and he does the taping and floating and we do all of that. We get it painted and it's done. Literally three weeks after the, the ceiling's done, I walk outside to go check my mail and I walk about five feet and I see four shingles on the ground. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I walk about five steps and I turn and I look up on the room and sure enough, the wind has done blown off four shingles from the roof. So what do you do? You go in and you fix the four shingles. And that doesn't even, I'm not even sharing with you all of the things that my kids have broke. Because when you have four kids, they break everything. Right now, they just tore up a door. Now I got to fix the door. Now why am I telling you all of this? First of all, because it's, it, it, my frustration level gets up. And when I tell you, then it's like I'm confessing to the Lord and my church of the frustration level. And so part of it is maybe me wanting to get rid of my frustration level. But the other part is because it goes so much with what I want to talk to you about today. Just because you have been renewed and you have been reset and you have reset your life for this new year or this new season, it doesn't mean that the work is done. Or even that there's probably not a lot of work that needs to be done right now. Listen, as we're moving into this new year, in order for us to really start brand new and ready, it is possible that there's already some remodeling that needs to take place. In order for God to be able to come in and live in this vessel, live in this heart, live inside of us, there's some remodeling that's got to take place, some old junk that needs to go, some old mindsets and thoughts that need to be rid of. And in this new season, we have to make a change. New habits and mindsets that we need to form and set up and start. You know, at the, the beginning of a new year, I always like to challenge myself to start new things. Sometimes, y'all, we start new things and they're great things. And then for whatever reason, we stop them. And it's at the new year that I always am reminded of those things that I started that were so good. And for whatever reason, I'm probably Satan. Uh, I stopped. For example, y'all, let me, let me confess with you. Last year, uh, last year at the very beginning of the year, some of you will remember this, we started a 52-week devotional. Do y'all remember this? How many of y'all joined this devotional? 
you guys are the real MVPs. You need to give yourself a pat on the back. I'm not going to ask how many finished. It doesn't matter. That's not important. But listen, I, what happened is last year, I started this devotional. The devotional was really easy. It's like a, a small section of scripture. There's a song that goes with it. It takes like 12 to 15 minutes. And I really begin this thing strong with you guys. Like, I, I mean, we, we, uh, I was meeting in the mornings and meeting with the Lord and doing these devotions, listening to the songs, and God was just speaking to me. And it was awesome. And then about 17 weeks in, I lost my paper. Anybody ever do something? Yeah. So I lost my paper. So then week 18 comes. And it's on my list to do my devotional. So I go looking for my paper. I can't find it anywhere in my office. I go look in my truck. It's not in the truck. Go to the house, look in my room. I can't find it. And so week 18 didn't get done. Just moved on. And then week 19 got here. And I was like, oh, snap, my devotional. Ugh, I'm a week behind. I went and looked. I should have just had somebody reprint it. Stupid. But I didn't. I went and looked. Couldn't find it. And then I don't know what happened. All I can remember is that I was walking right back here. And I was shaking hands and I get to Miss Betty Stanley, who sits right back here. Y'all. And so I come in, I'm shaking hands and I get to Miss Betty and she shakes my hand and she says, pastor, how are you? And I say, I'm great. She says, are we on week 27 of the devotion? And shame moved all over my body. And I said, Miss Betty, let me, let me find out real quick. I'll be right back. So I take off running to my office and I go into my office and I grab my calendar and I start counting. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Sure enough, she was doing them. I was not. We were on week 27. And I run back in here and I say, Miss Betty, you are right. We are on week 27. How's your devotions going? And she says, they're going great. And I'm like, Lord, please don't have her ask me, please. If she asks me, I'm dead. And she doesn't ask me. I'm like, thank you, God. And then I run to my office on Monday morning and I have somebody, I, they'll probably remember, I was sending in the, in, the, in the staff chat, who's got a copy of the devotional? Somebody brings me a copy, I print it out, I play catch up. Go back to week 17 and I catch all the way back up and I get up to where we need to be and then I go like 12 weeks. And then 12 weeks in, I lose my paper. <laughs> you would think you learned from your first mistakes, right? And then... I don't know what happened. All I know is I begin to write this message this week. And I haven't done those devotionals in probably like 10 or 12 weeks. And the Lord was like, yeah, Josh, there's some, new, there's some old habits that you need to re-kick off because you didn't do them very well. They started great. You were doing awesome. But, but, but the thing is, is we get busy and we have other things to do and life happens and we go on vacation and we get out of habit. And when you get out of habit, then you just completely forget. And so as we come into this new year, I'm encouraging you. There's some old things that we need to kick back off. Somebody say amen. As I'm restarting this year, resetting and renewing one of the, uh, the habits that I'm getting back to is a daily reading plan. And this time I have my wife telling me what to do so that I don't forget. Amen. Let's restart the things that we need to restart. For the points in this message, we're going to look together at Ephesians chapter 4. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to stay uh, pretty much the whole time in Ephesians chapter 4. And as you're turning in your Bibles, I'm just going to ask the Lord to speak to us. Heavenly Father, God, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would just speak to your people. 
I pray that you would grow us. I pray that you would use this word to stretch us, stretch our faith. Speak to us this morning, Lord. I love you and thank you and praise you. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 20 through 24. It says, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. Verse 21. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your formal way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Verse 24. Put on your new nature created by God truly righteous and holy. Okay, lessons on restarting from Ephesians chapter four. Number one in your notes is this. At times, we all need to restart. Everybody say all. At times, we all need to restart. First thing that you need to understand about Ephesians chapter four is you might think that he's talking to new believers or you might think that he's talking to someone that is not a believer because what he's telling him is something that we should have done a long time ago. He says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life and, and, and let the spirit renew your thoughts and put on your new nature. That sounds like a new believer, right? Throw off your old self, let Christ renew you, and then put on your new self. That sounds like what we do at the very, very beginning. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 says, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old things are passed away. And we are made new. I need a helper this morning real quickly. Anybody want to help me? Come on, Derek. Come on. So as he's coming, listen, um, when we come to Jesus Christ, what happens is we come with a lot of baggage. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Y'all help me out. What kind of baggage do we come with when we come to Jesus before we're saved? Sin. What else? Conv- I'm sorry? Addictions. What else? Shame. What else? Pride. Oh, snap. What else? Unforgiveness. So we come to Jesus with all of this baggage on. Right? We got this bag as we come to him in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says that we are all made new. In other words, if we can give it to him, then what happens is when we have Jesus come into us, that baggage is released and given to him. Yeah. Amen? But then what happens is we're still living on this earth. And so I'm a new Christian. Actually, he is. He's a new Christian, right? He loves Jesus with all of his heart. And he's moving in his walk with Jesus Christ. And then something happens. What happens? He does something stupid. Amen? Anybody been there? Don't look at him. Look at you. He does something stupid. And when he does something stupid, immediately he's convicted by the Holy Spirit because it's like the biggest stupid thing that he's done since he became a believer. And he comes down to the altar and he prays and he gives it to Jesus. But unfortunately, because it was something that was just so hard for him, he starts to carry a little bit of shame. Here, hold this. That's that's, that's a little one. It's just a little bit of shame. Okay, so now he's carrying this baggage of shame. And then, then he's walking through life. He loves the Lord, but he's got this baggage. He doesn't even know it's there. He's walking and he's moving forward in Christ and he gets into a relationship. And in that relationship, anybody ever been in a relationship? He begins to, do, to make mistakes. 
And then he gets married. Whew. How many of you know there can definitely be some baggage in marriage? So he gets married, and in this marriage, he loves the Lord, and she loves the Lord, and they're trying to move forward in their walk with Jesus, but as they are moving forward, they make these mistakes. And when they make these mistakes, this is a big one, marriage has got a lot of baggage going on. And so he's got this baggage through this marriage, through what he's holding on to. He's now carrying this baggage of this marriage, and now he's beginning to get a little burdened down. He's feeling the weight of it. He doesn't know that it's there, but he's feeling the weight of it. Any Christians ever been a little burdened down? He's feeling the weight of this baggage. And then, and then because the marriage is not working out, he gets a divorce. And all of the baggage that goes with getting a divorce is now, boom, some of you have experienced that. And then in the middle of all of this, he's still walking and he's trying to move forward and he loves God. It's not like he's moving away from God. He loves God with everything in him and he's trying to move forward. But now he's got all of these things and boom, COVID-19 happens. And when COVID-19 happens, he's got all of these things holding him down. And instead of turning to faith, he turns to fear. And he starts holding on to this baggage of fear. Again, he loves God. He's trying to move forward. This is what it looks like to walk and be a Christian if you carry and you try to hold on to all your junk by yourself. And so then he gets lukewarm or he starts some kind of addiction. And y'all listen to me. He loves God. He's trying to move forward. He's going to church. He may even be singing up on the stage or playing an instrument. It's, it's, he is completely oblivious to all of these things that are going on. And what I'm saying to you this morning is he probably is, is here and he's wanting to get renewed and he's wanting to move forward. But if you go into 2021 and you're carrying all the junk that you've been holding on to, you can expect to not be able to move very far. So you have a choice today. Walk with me, Derek. You have a choice today that you can walk out of this room carrying all of the junk that you've been carrying the last several years. Or this morning, you can come to this altar and you can take each and every piece of the junk that you've been carrying. And the Bible says that if we bring our burdens and our baggage and our junk to God, that he will carry it for us. And you can stand out of here and you can walk out of here restarting and renewing if you will actually give your stuff to God this morning. Amen. Come here, Derek. Thank you, man. You can leave all that junk there. So number one is we all have times in our lives that we have got to reset, that we've got to evaluate, where am I? Are there things that are holding me back? Are there things that I need to sacrifice on the altar? Maybe it's not even sin, but it's things that are holding you back from moving forward in your relationship with God. Mm. Moving on, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 and 29. He then moves to say, stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Somebody say amen. amen. Verse 28, if you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, 
Use your hands for good, hard work. And then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything that you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Now, reading these scriptures bring me to number two in your notes. Number one is at times we all need to restart. Number two is this. There's times what Paul is telling them, it's time to set new habits. Set new habits. I love this quote. It's by Dr. Abdul Kalam. And you're going to want to write this down because it's good. It says this. You cannot change your future, but you can change your habits. And surely your habits will change your future. So here's what I'm encouraging here. Here's what Paul says in the scriptures that we just read in Ephesians chapter four. He says, why don't you trade these habits for these habits? He says, trade telling lies for telling truth. Trade letting anger control you for not letting the sun go down on your anger. Trade stealing for using your hands for good, hard work. Trade foul and abusive language for encouraging words. Let's trade our bad habits or our habits that are not doing anything good inside of us for habits that are going to move us forward in our walk with Jesus Christ. So many times what we do is we make the mistake of holding on to habits either because we think they're really not that big of a deal or because we think that they are connected and they are a part of us. I hold on to my habits because that's just who I am. I lose my temper. That's what I do. That's who I am. No, it's not. You speaking that makes it who you are, but that doesn't have to be who you are. You can trade that anger for not allowing uh, um, the, the sun to go down on your anger. You can reset and restart. So many times what we do is this. We say, man, I want a new life. I hate the things that I've built. I hate the person that I've become. I want something new, a renewal. So we make this big change. We start going to church. We move to a different city. We give our lives to Jesus. And let me remind you, we make this change because we don't like what is going on in our life right now. So we make this change with the intentions to do good. But then we do not leave our habits back there. And what happens is we moved and we we went to church. We gave our lives to Jesus. We moved to our different city because we wanted to change who we are. But because we brought those bad things with us, all we do is we recreate who we were in a different place. Makes me think of this big thing right now. Some of you are going to laugh. Put the the shirt up. The shirt up real quick. Don't California my Texas. Okay, so I'm not judging California, and I just thought that this went very, very much with what I was talking about. And let me explain to you why. There's this big thing right now going on, don't California my Texas. So if you're from California, don't be offensive. I just thought it was funny, and I'm just throwing this up. But I do want to explain to you what I mean when, it, when this says, don't California my Texas. What does that mean? What is they're talking about? There is a mass exodus going on in California right now. How many of you know what I'm talking about? L.A., uh, San Francisco, uh, all of those places have this mass exodus. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people are leaving California, and they're going other places. Texas is one of those big places that they're coming to right now, which blows my mind. Why does it blow my mind? Let me give you a few. Uh, California. What is California known for? Okay. Very, very liberal. Okay. 
So when I say very, very liberal, I'm not casting stones. This is what they're known for. So California is known for big time supporting gay marriage. They're known for big time supporting, uh, help me out. What do they support? Okay, abortion, big time supporting abortion, big time. They, California is like leading in going against religious freedoms right now. So going against the church, abandoning them from being able to worship at church and different things. So they're big time, massively, massively liberal. Okay. And these people are leaving California and coming to a place like Texas. Now, before I get there, let me ask the question, why are they leaving California? They're leaving California because they don't like what they built in California and they want to go somewhere that they might like it. But the two main reasons that they're talking about why people are leaving California, number one, is the way that they handled the COVID shutdowns. You got massive, so many business owners that want to get out of California because you can't make money. Business is shut down. You can't make money. I'm leaving, going somewhere that I can make money. Amen. And in Texas, thank God, right now we can still do that. And the second thing is because of their crazy tax laws. So because of their crazy tax laws and because of the, the COVID shutdowns and all of the different things, they've, they've built this thing in California. They don't like it. It's time to get out. And they're coming to Texas. What is Texas known for? Texas is top five in the most conservative states in the United States. Amen. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, we are complete opposite of California. And so you have all these people that are moving from California to Texas, and you have this big movement that's taking place. Don't California, my Texas, Elon Musk, massive, massive. Do y'all know who that is? Created Tesla and the founder of Tesla and, and PayPal and all those things. He just picked up from San Francisco and moved, boom, right into Austin, Texas. His whole empire is coming with him. And so this whole don't California my Texas, what does that mean? Here's what Texas people are telling people from California. If you don't like what you left, leave it there. That's what they're telling them. They're saying if, if, that, if that place was so bad that you wanted to go to a place that was completely opposite of you, then leave the way that you think back there and leave your habits back there and leave the way you vote back there. Because what if you don't? What's going to happen is in 20 to 30 years, if thousands and thousands of people move from liberal states to this state, then this state is going to look exactly like their state. They're going to rebuild the thing that they wanted to get away from, just like us as Christian people. If we say, you know what, I want to reset, and I want to move forward, and I want to get close to God, and I want to redo my life for this, 2021 is going to be my year to get the closest that I've ever been to God. And if we do that, and then we take the same junk and the same habits and the same thought process, processes into 2021 with us, then we can expect nothing less to be the exact same person than we was. We have got to set some new habits. For some of you, maybe that's that you need to start a devotional reading. For some of you, you've never done any kind of devotional and you need to completely start with just getting alone with God and getting close to him. For some of you, maybe you don't come to church very much and what you need to start is, is being faithful, attending church with other believers and moving forward. But we need to set new habits. All right, let's move on. Ephesians chapter four and verse 30. It says, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. 
I'm out of shape. <laughs> By the way that you live, remember he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Point number three is this. Become spirit-minded. Now, Paul also wrote this. It's one of my favorite scriptures, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 25. He says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. Wow. How do we do that? Help me out. Since we are living by the Spirit. Good job, guys. Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. Let me, let me give you a visual aid, kind of help you out. So we went, on a, we went on a cruise. Several of us went on a cruise together. And let me just say, y'all, it was really, really funny uh, because every single place that I went that I saw Miss Diana and Mr. Steve, every single time they were dancing. Now they had, I think they had just gotten married just a few months back, but every single time I saw everywhere. I mean, you walk through the hall by the casino, there's the little guys playing the, the music, and boy, they are dancing by the casino. Snap, we go, we go up for dinner, and they are up there dancing at dinner. Everywhere we went, they were dancing. I'm not a dancer. I'm what they call a watcher. <laughs> I watch people dance. And you know what I've noticed about dancing? I've noticed that almost always one person leads in the dance and the other person follows. Like you can watch multiple people that have not ever danced with each other and they make, they make a nudge. And this nudge means we're going this way or a head turn or whatever. But the person that's dancing with the other person, the, the person that is following the leader has got to learn the way that the leader is telling them to go the different directions that we're going. And as they learn the way that the leader, the, 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 the nudges that the leader is giving them, then they find, they, they find that they can dance together really well. And I thought about that when I thought about the way that the Holy Spirit wants to lead and guide our lives. When the Holy Spirit, it's a lot like dancing. We have got to get close to the Holy Spirit, first of all. And if we're not close to the Holy Spirit and we're not listening for the Holy Spirit, then I can never dance with the Spirit. But once I get close to the Holy Spirit, I begin to ask him to, to lead and I'll follow. And as I ask him to lead, what he does is he begins to give nudges. And as he gives a nudge, Holy Spirit, I want to listen to you. I want to move with you. I want to do these things, blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, you shouldn't go there. Huh? The place that you're going right now, you shouldn't go there. Did you just speak to me? Okay, well, I won't go there. I followed the Spirit's leading. Then we move, we continue to go through life, and, and, and I see somebody that's in need, and the Spirit says, I think you should, you should help that person. I'm dancing with the Spirit. I go and I help that person. It's just like dancing. He will begin to, you'll know that it's him. Why? Because Josh is greedy and I don't want to give up money. And so if something inside of Josh is saying to help another person, that's got to be God. Amen? And so he begins to lead and he begins to, to, to show me the different ways that I'm going. And the closer that I get and the more that I listen, the more spirit-minded I become. 
when I go places and he tells me this is what you need to do and this is what you need to say to that person because they're discouraged. And this is, as I'm listening to a song and I hear the spirit speak to me through that song or reading the word and the word becomes alive and I know that God is leading and he's guiding me. His spirit is speaking to me. That is how we become spirit-minded. But we have to get close to him and we have to begin to allow him to nudge us. And when he nudges us, then we have to do what he asks us to do and continue and continue and continue to move forward. Would you stand with me this morning? As you're standing, I want to ask our worship team to come and join me on the stage. Every head bowed and every eye closed. So from Ephesians chapter 4, We learned this morning that everyone at some point needs a restart. Maybe you're here today and you've been carrying shame. You've been carrying addiction. You've been carrying frustration. You've been carrying anger. You've been carrying depression. And God's saying, I'll take that. But I can't can't take it if you won't give it to me. Everyone at some point needs a restart and a renewing. And if that's you this morning, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is here to renew you and allow you to have that restart. The second thing that we learn is as we restart, there's new habits that we need to form. Maybe you're here this morning and you got some habits that you need to form. You need to get, get back to that place where you're moving forward in your walk with Jesus and your love for Jesus. Maybe you're here and you got good habits going and, and, and you've, you've had multiple restarts, but you just have yet to be able to get that whole spirit-minded thing and you want to walk with the spirit and move with the spirit as he's leading and guiding your life. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm hoping and praying that as I've been speaking, God's been revealing things to challenge you, showing you Areas in your life that you need to restart and you need to move forward. And as we get ready to sing this song, I want to ask our altar team, would you step out and would you come right now? Every head bowed and every head closed. As you're standing there, if God has been speaking to you this morning, maybe you need to come and get prayer from an altar team worker. Maybe you just need to come and spend some time by yourself with God. In just a second, as we begin to play this song, I want to invite you to come. If you're here today and God's been pulling and nudging you and you're not in right relationship with him, can I say today is the day to get that right and to allow him to clean you up. If you're here and you need renewal this morning or if you're here and you need prayer for anything else, as we dive into this song, don't leave out of this place without getting what it is that God wants to do in your life this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray right now as we get ready to receive what you have for us, that you would just move. Move in our hearts, move in our lives like never before. And Lord, I love you and thank you and praise you. In your precious name I pray, amen. Come on, right now, the altars are open. If you need to be renewed, if you need prayer, whatever it is that you need this morning, come and get it.